Welcome to Stories from A to Z with Mona P. I'm Mona Pasanoff and I am your host. If you are a new listener, you can learn more about me and my process of starting this podcast by listening to episode one. Each episode, I am trying to improve so that you like what you hear, you keep tuning in, and you tell your friends and family to listen to. I'm excited to be continuing with the Upper Peninsula theme. I have the wonderful, smart, funny, and adept manager and COO of the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club today. Doug agreed to talk with me and share some of his appreciation for the club and this area that he gets to call home. Picture the setting of a national forest green with a variety of pine, birch, aspen, oak, and maple trees, to name a few. A place undisturbed by major commercial or suburban growth. A slower pace where folks go to enjoy nature's bounty. That's the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club. You'll hear Doug mention going below. Michigan is divided into two parts. The lower or below part south of the Mackinac Bridge and the Upper Peninsula or UP north of the bridge. Feel free to Google the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for more information. Oh, hello. How you doing, Mona? I'm doing well, Doug. Thank you so much for being here today with me. It's my pleasure. Thanks for asking. I would like to start with a little bit about what brought you to the UP and to this job here at the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club. Well, within the question is the answer. The reason I came to the UP is because of the job. And I had been here as a youth many years ago and fishing. And when I'd heard about this possible position being available, I inquired about it. And initially, the firm that I'd gone through said that I wouldn't be qualified. And apparently they went through several uh, candidates and ended up maybe not with their first choice. But I, in my humble way, would hope that their best choice. And it's been an incredible four-year run so far. I agree. It is the best choice. So there. Um, What did you do before you came here? In, gosh, 25 years-ish, give or take. Well, actually, possibly a couple years over. I spent in the corporate world in different positions, whether it be sales, marketing, or corporate relations. And so prior to this, I was pretty city-fied. I grew up in northern lower Michigan and went to college in Ann Arbor. And from there, the journey began and ended up living in Nashville, Los Angeles, Denver, Chicago, and finally able at this part of my life to come back into God's country and and be secure in the lack of people. Yes, there is a lack of people, especially in comparison to those cities that you just named. We don't have anywhere near the amount of people like that. What is it that you love about living here? Well, just continuing from the previous answer, the idea of a traffic jam here is as I pull out of the parking lot, I have to wait for a vehicle to pass. Um, and beyond that, you get to know people. Uh, it's kind of the blessing and the curse of being in a small town. Everybody knows what you do. But the neat thing about it is you know everybody that knows what you do. 
So it's kind of nice. Uh, and it doesn't matter where you're from, the walk of life or your family. Uh, people care, genuinely care about you as an individual, and it comes through. I agree with that. Can you give just a little bit of background about the grounds here, about where we're located? Sure. We're just outside Ingodine, Michigan, and not too far from Nobinway, Michigan. And it started back in 1927 when a few people from Lansing, Michigan, decided that they wanted to put together a outdoors-type themed club. And therefore, the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club, with now 35,000 acres, was born. And they took advantage of the area having been recently clear-cut for its timber, so a lot of people did not think the land was worth much. And they started buying little pieces of it and formed this amazing experience. And it doesn't take but a heartbeat to gain the passion that some people have had in a blessing way over decades and generations of their family. And we're pretty lucky. I agree with you, we are. The club began as a hunting club, but it has now evolved into so much more. Can you speak to that? We have many amenities other than just hunting. We have hunting and fishing, which were the two primary. And then as more and more members um, became part of the club, things took place such as an arts club. Tonight we kick off the art um, show, which instead of its normal presentation is going to be a one focused artist. And that is an example of something taking place because of the volunteerism in different interests of this area than just hunting and fishing. Um, we also have a young Hiawathas group that typically has a lot of things going on during the summer. And that is driven by the activities committee, which brings forth opportunities for people to explore, expand their horizons as far as what they might be in their quote-unquote comfort zone. And this year, because of COVID um, limiting what we can do in person, somebody had a great idea of painting rocks and putting them at different places around the club and the giddiness that people show in their Facebook posts of where they find these rocks and how exciting they are. They take them all over the UP and people find them. And so there's two major things that didn't have a thing to do with hunting or fishing, but we also have an airport. So if somebody flies, they can land. We have a golf course. If members or guests want to play golf, they take advantage of the land. And we have an amazing crew that takes care of that and makes it what I think if there was an award would be an award winning grounds. And we have hiking. People take passion in making sure that our hiking trails are presentable. And I mentioned the people because without the volunteers, this club would not be anything that it is. The strength of the Hiawatha Club is not just the passion of being a member of something so large, but actually being one with the land. And everybody's experience of that is slightly different. But that's what makes the uniqueness of the club come together and really live the dream and what our mission statement talks about. Thank you for that, because while you were speaking, I was really picturing the trails and the rivers and the lakes. And yes, the volunteers are the ones who help the regular staff to keep them managed and manicured and cleaned. And um, the volunteers put on, like you said, with the art club, we have a show tonight. 
usually when it's not COVID, we have lots of indoor activities, very family oriented. Um, but this year things have been quite different, quite different. Um, we also, we have people who live, like I live on the lake um, and people live either on the small Millicokins Lake here or on the big Lake Michigan or on the rivers. And we have cabins. Can we talk a little bit about the four groups of cabins and who rents those and what that entails? Sure. It, it's easy if you think about it. And our membership is broken down into three different levels. And the levels pertain only to the land that is owned because all members are equal and all members have the same benefits, the same voting rights. But if you have a piece of property either on Lake Millicokan or the river or Lake Michigan, you're considered a first tier lot. Uh, the land directly across from those lots are referred to as second tier. And then we have our third tier, which is the largest portion of our membership that have a little postage size stamp piece of land that they get to pay taxes on. That's somewhere up yeah. there. No and one knows where it is. They, they may not know where it's platted. But the neat thing about it is that it draws people from all different interests. When I first moved here four years ago, everybody wondered, was I going to buy a piece of land on a, a waterfront or was I going to be a, a landlocked? And I ended up buying just off the club, and there, which I think was a smart thing for the manager to do. That way I, I don't skew to one locale or the other. But everybody loves, if you're on the river, that they swear that's where they were meant to be. If people are on the big lake, they swear that's where they're supposed to be. And those of you that are here on Millicokan swear that's where you all should be. Um, and then we have those that are, are just happy to come up and use our cabins. Because if you don't have a residence here, you can't camp out on the major part of the property. We do have a campground. And at the campground, we have two rustic cabins. And, and rustic meaning no internet, no heat. Um, you basically have no a roof. No indoor facilities. <laughs> right. You, you, you have a roof over your head and you can be protected by the wind. But we do have four groups of cabins and um, approximately 42 cabins at any time can be rented by guests of members and or a sponsored guest. And then of course the membership. And this year you would have thought that we were going to be considerably down in our um, usage, but it's amazing how many people want to get away from wherever they're coming from mm -hmm. and take advantage of being up here in God's country. Yes. You've said God's country twice and I want to acknowledge that and agree with you because this area is so special and when you initially started talking you said there were families you know there's uh generations that have come here from way back when the club first started to the great great grandchildren now and it is a really special magical place i go out on the trails and i think i feel like the trees are speaking to me they're like, welcome back, Mona, you're here. Um, and it's so beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And we are fortunate. We are really fortunate. We know that that's what makes it special. Are there any misconceptions about the club or like people who come and maybe expect something different than what they receive? Sure, that's actually a very good point. Um, we have people that are new that hadn't been 
really been introduced to the club. And typically, if you hear the word club, a lot of people quickly drive a, a reference to a country club setting. And we are anything but a country club. And all you have to do is go out and walk in the dirt and, and you'll um, figure that out. But it's a mindset as well. Those who might think they're joining a club in that fashion become very quickly realizing that the, the club portion is a camaraderie. It is not about a status. And the neat thing, as I mentioned just previously, all our members are equal. So it doesn't matter if you have one lot or two or three, um, everybody's treated the same. And the fun part that I've had as I've transitioned into the role, and it's an ever learning role, you trust me in this chair, you will never know it all, um, and nor even pretend to try to. But the thing that is constant is the passion and the stories. As I would walk around and I, I try to be seen not just an administrator, but actually be involved and be part of the club. Constant, well, my grandfather did this, or we always go to this spot because that's where grandma did that. And you can't help but take some of that with you as you form your own experience with the property and realize, as you just mentioned, the tree speaking to you. I bet you can name five places that you go to and you have that same experience every time you go. And believe it or not, um, as harmonious as we like to believe we are, every now and then people have a little bit of angst. And this summer has really been uh, exceptional in the fact that members are showing a little bit more angst. But I think it's because of their lives away from here, the stress of, of the COVID situation. But I try to remind them, go someplace, go sit by a pine tree and listen to it speak to you. Um, I myself, in, in the stress, have to remember there's an awful lot of beauty here. And it doesn't matter if, what section of our club, because we have different uh, geographies uh, throughout the club, that you can sit and maybe you'll see a partridge or a deer. I've been fortunate enough to help the DNR um, tag a couple of wolves and to see those in the wild, um, you really get an appreciation for the diversity that we have, not only as a membership, but also the wildlife that we have. And we go to great lengths. I don't know that everybody knows that we do harvest some of our timber. And the misconception would be that we do it for the monetary gain. Um, and that's really a side benefit of what we really do because we harvest our timber to manage the wildlife. We try to give them new habitat. We try to give them areas that they can feel safe and thrive. And in so doing, keeping within the guidelines of making sure we don't go too close to our water, making sure that the fish you know, survive the water temperature, and we plant fish, um, as many people know. Um, it, it's just an all-around experience of positivity um, if we do a good job of stamping out the vines of negativity. I agree with you. That was very well said. You, As you were talking, you made me think about the rivers and the river cleanup because you said you like to get out there. And I heard that possibly um, there was a little mishap in the water this year. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? No, no. <laughs> The, the misconception is that it was my fault. I was actually a victim. 
<laughs> the, the person steering the canoe I was in decided that the only boulder in the rapids is where he wanted to park the canoe. And in so doing, the current is so swift that we had to try to get out safely. And as I was getting out, um, the, the water gods took my hat and decided that it needed to be somewhere else downriver. So there's a, there's a reward for the right hat being returned. Okay, got it. So we acknowledge we are in one of the most beautiful places in the country, especially in the UP. Um, do you ever miss living in a large city? You know, it's funny I had uh, that you've worded that way. A, a really good friend of mine, we had gone down below for a sporting function a year or so ago. And I was at a hotel and he was staying uh, with friends and he came by to pick me up and he said, are we going to lose you? And I said, to what? He said, do you miss the city? And I said, oh, goodness, no. I, I do enjoy going down below. It's kind of nice to have a choice of a restaurant, um, but I don't miss the, the number of people. I don't miss any of the congestion of living in that style. I'm very happy to be up here in the Upper Peninsula. I agree with you, and I always say if it didn't get as cold as it does up here, I would stay all year in a minute. Where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years? Well, I hope here, um, and I, I usually would say that to anybody that asks, and I absolutely love what I do, and given the opportunity, I would be here for as many years as possible. Um, as mentioned, I'll never, even if I were to leave here, live in a big city again. It's the rat race I had to endure because of corporate world. Um, but, you know, as I age and enjoy life more, it, I don't see why I would want to leave. It, it's a great position, not just the team I work with, and if anybody hasn't met the team, they would understand that they are well underrated by some and maybe barely acknowledged equally by others. Um, and I say that in the fact that their skill set, their dedication, and their effectiveness is just amazing and makes my job easier. But given all that, why would I leave? The membership is amazing. Uh, the facility is in my mind, second to none. Um, it's a great place to be. I'm so glad that you feel that way because you are a wonderful fit for this club. It's true. I just thank I, you. Anything else you would like us to know or to share? Well, I think we touched on it briefly. Is the volunteerism? Um, we have just over 1,100 members. We have 35,000 uh, acres of land. And without the volunteerism that we have, and you mentioned it in uh, the dialogue, we don't have a staff big enough to do everything. But we, we deputize people, as you know, um, to go out and give us information because we can't be everywhere and see everything. But this year alone, the projects that have been completed and the neat thing we talked about, the positivity being at the forefront, um, social media, which I'm not part of, um, mainly because I don't want to get caught up in it. But people are no longer putting, you know, the typical human emotion of negativity out. 
we're, we're strengthening by positivity and talking about the neat, fun things. Mm-hmm. And I, it just warms my heart when I see volunteers working together that have never seen each other before, don't know each other mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And the only thing weaving them together is a, their membership at the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club. And it's fascinating to watch friendships form. And I think that you can't understate the importance of volunteerism being the lifeblood of this club. I Thank you for that. I agree. And I know that I have volunteered with the hiking trail cleanup annually. And I meet people all the time who I've never seen before. And I ask, where do you live? Oh, they live over here. Or... How long have you been coming up? And so we start to form new friendships, which is really nice. And I wish I was here earlier enough in the year when I think it's right after Father's Day. That the weekend the river, before. All right. The weekend before is the river cleanup. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that you go down in canoes or boats and bring chainsaws and cut mm-hmm. up all the dropped trees that mm-hmm. land across the river. I think that would be fun. I would like to be a part of that. The but I'm neat, not coming up that The way. neat thing about that, Mona, is that you can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but it's still so cold. Then. It's not that. We're, we go down in, in, in canoes. We get wet. Yeah. It, mm. You could survive. Maybe one year. Maybe one year. And like this year, uh, the guys who did the, uh, the shooting range, and they put up new targets and they did fencing and they painted the outhouse yes we have outhouses around the club and they did a great job and um so it is really really nice really important one more thing we're sitting in doug's office right now and i can see out towards the woodsman i keep calling it that that's not what it's craftsman the craftsman building which is where the woodwork takes place yes do you want to speak about that for a quick second? Well, it's another example of diversity in, in amenities and what people like to do in their pastime. And Ivan Darling has led the Craftsman's Club for many years, and he would tell you somebody did it before he. But it's an area that people, men and women, boys and girls, come in. They can learn how to do woodwork. Or they can, you know, share experiences and talent levels. Um, it's just another opportunity for people to interact, and some of the things they produce are are quite amazing. Yes, I've made some things, and I love Ike. He is just an incredible teacher. He really is, and he's a volunteer. Yes, he is. Volunteer. I appreciate the the chance to share a little bit about the club. Again, I think it's an amazing place. If people are listening and have never been here, I hope they'll come. Uh, We have volunteers that will take you around, show you a tour of the place. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. If you'd like more information about the Hiawatha Sportsman's Club, go to www.hiawathasportsmansclub.com. We didn't discuss everything the club has to offer. You'll just have to visit the website or come up in person. I also posted some photos from around the club on my Facebook page. The next episode will be available two weeks from today, usually on a Monday. Log in to SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, 
and other platforms you use to listen to podcasts to continue to grow with me and this show. It usually comes up when you type in stories from A to Z with Mona P or just A to Z with Mona P. If you like what you hear, we would really appreciate if you could take a quick moment to rate and review the show on whatever podcast app you are listening to. It's kind of like when you leave a comment or a like on Facebook or Instagram. It just takes a second to do. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, vblog, or need creative help, go to susannas-books.com for further information. Want original music? Tim Kane is available to discuss what you want or need. Message me for his contact info. Till next time, this is Stories from A to Z with Mona P.